0: And MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you, everyone. I want to read to you tonight from the Passion Translation. If you haven't got one of these, you should sell your bed and buy them. Um, It's from Luke in chapter 2, and in verse 8. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, "'Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news.' the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today, in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feeding trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Okay, it's that last The song of the angels that arrests me tonight. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. That is, this is something that God and only God has accomplished. We announce it to mankind as the recipients, but the glory, this is God's work. Man has no part in the work, only to receive. Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven. For, because there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Peace. Peace given to the sons of men. It is, this word peace, and that was the announcement, uh, the very first, I mean, it couldn't be more first, Jesus had just been born in Bethlehem. And these shepherds are the very first, first human beings to receive the message, the good news of what this event means. So this is the very first, it is the primal, it is this virgin announcement, this is the good news. And what is the good news the, in its most embryonic form? It is that God himself has accomplished something. And that something is all centered in that baby in Bethlehem. And the result of what God does through that baby in Bethlehem is there will be peace among the sons of men. That... that. Um, is is the beginning of it, that there will be peace. Peace in the earth is another translation. Peace among the sons of men. And, And the result of that is great joy. I bring you this good news, this gospel of the gladdest joy that you've ever experienced. And that gladdest joy is peace to the sons of men a peace that up to this time had been, shall I say, the possession of the heavens, a peace that described the very being of God, and now that God peace is released into the earth, brought to the sons of men through the one who presently has just been birthed of the virgin mother and is in a feeding trough in Jerusalem you got to understand this we're not talking about that uh, what, what the world means by peace because the world doesn't have a clue what peace is um, peace to this world means that everything's going okay for the moment um, it, it means that there's no wars on the horizon and everybody is uh, get along with them so there's sort of peace that's rubbish that's a, no that's no that's that's an insult to the word peace. peace I say belongs right alongside love. God is love, and because God is love, peace is the very being of God along with joy, radiant joy that has no counterpart on earth unless it is that God himself gives to us his love, which no human can substitute, and that love will bring us a peace that is uniquely God's peace, which produces joy, which is uniquely God's joy, you see. This is, this is the good news. It isn't that man has suddenly discovered some secret for all of this. It is that God has stepped into a chaotic world and announces that he gives peace that has never been on earth before, never been among the sons of men. And he's going to give us this gift. And the angels uh, split the heavens and filled it with, with the glory of God to announce in effect that the heavens have been opened. And this one now born is the center of an unearthly peace and an unearthly joy that he shall release into the world. Think about that. In everything I'm going to say, remember peace, the real word peace, belongs exclusively To God, it is not something humans concoct. This is this belongs to God, and the Old Testament spoke uh, of the coming Messiah, Savior, as the Prince of Peace. He 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 is he's the one who who belongs to the family of peace, and and he therefore is the source of peace. He brings it and, and describes this peace. Uh, in in terms that people knew what it was, and some touched it as they touched it from afar. But it awaited. And in the New Testament, it comes very plainly. It it, it tells us this is the peace of God that passes human comprehension. Remember that one? And, And Jesus said, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace. Give I you. It's the peace of God. Peace of God. We have, says Paul in Romans 5, we have the peace that is peace with God. So, so the very being of God has now found a way to get inside of us so that we, the children of humankind, we can walk in God' peace in the midst of the chaos of the world. Okay, What what is this peace then that is nothing to do with what the world means, peace? Okay, it will take a few minutes. It's that word, and I'm sure many of you have heard of it. It's a Hebrew word, but it's still used. They use it today in Israel um, many times as a sort of a hello. It is shalom, shalom. And... Well, yeah, it means peace, but uh, peace that is aiming at something beyond human peace. So, it, it means completion, complete. That that is no sense of not enough. That there's no sense of an emptiness or incompletion or not there yet. This word means complete. And therefore also means fulfilled. It also means content, which is that sense again of inner ability. It is the sense of I can. And so it also means rest. It's at rest. There's no more struggle. There's no sweat. There's no saying, we're not done yet. It is I rest. So, if this is the peace of God, we're beginning to see, shall I say, what it is like inside the Holy Trinity when Father and Son and Holy Spirit be, there is this, shalom, complete, fulfilled, rest. That's what it's like inside the heart of God. But it also means harmony which gets a little closer to what one would hope for with the worldly meaning of the word peace, harmony. It it, it means everything is playing the note that it should play so that all is in perfect balance, which is another word we would use, or well-being. There's nothing out that, that causes a discordant note. And so the word also means the melody, when everything is a beautiful song with every note, every chord in place. And it goes on to then at least intimate by by a melody that includes the idea of rejoicing, and therefore it's the dance, but the dance in which... Well, uh, really, any dance that historically has any meaning is is, uh, you, you give honor to the partner. A dance is not just gesticulating in front of each other looking like uh, apes with, with fleas. It, it, it's No, it, it's, it's that the, the, the one person in the dance honors the other and then takes back a place and honors the other and then they are honored. And, and so it, it is, again, the balance. It, it is the beauty of humans who are making each other look good. That, that's peace, that beautiful melody of harmony. And of course, and we're coming yet closer to what it means in our world. It means security. It means safety. It means perfect tranquility. There's never any fear that could be attached to it. Fear is impossible in the presence of Shalom. But it also means, really the word is health. It it, it means soundness of the entire person. It means wholeness. Again, it means everything's working. It means everything is working in its place. It means that everything is giving life to the other. And incidentally, um, from that idea of healthy and whole and sound, we get the word holy. And so when we say God is holy, we mean all of this. And then would you believe it also means prosperity. For it means there's never a sense of lack. There is always the sense of enough or to put it in other biblical language, with God all things are possible. That that is inside the heart of God is limitless prosperity in that he never has any sense of lack or not enough. Always. And therefore always success. God never is unsuccessful. He never does not achieve his end. Because he is enough. And out of that, the word means creativity. Because enough and everything I determine is creativity, peace, harmony, success, prosperity. And I suppose uh, one of the most basic meanings of the word is that state of a relationship of love. For when love is in act of relating, then there is peace and harmony and honor and and making the other look good and serving the other while the other serves you too. It is the ultimate word for friendship. So it's a word that means there's no mask, there's no suspicion, there's no fears of what the other thinks of me or will do to me. Peace. And that's, again, I'd say the being of God. It is in God's very heart. And it's always joined to joy. If you notice in many, many scriptures, it speaks of peace and joy together. So th- this word, along with joy, is the sound of the fullness of life in the act of being and celebrating. Let me let me say again, there can, in anything I've just now said, there is no possibility of fear. You can't, be, you can't be. There's no fear. Fear is the opposite of this. Well, then there's no anxiety. There's no possibility of anxiety taking place within shalom. Nor is selfishness, because shalom already assumes that selfishness has been dealt a death blow. Because shalom is that harmony of giving place one to the other from which come other facets of love, of kindness and gentleness and so on. It it means there's no possibility of a poverty mindset. I can never think of any part of life as not enough. And i just described, I say yet again, inside the Holy Trinity, the relationship of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And so maybe we would understand it better if I simply say that within the Holy Trinity, this this boiling, blazing love, there is no fear. God is never afraid. We, we, it, there, there is no word within the Holy Trinity for fear. There is no possibility of fear never, never, anxiety, impossible. There is no selfishness in the God who is love. There is no poverty mindset with him who says all things are possible. No separation. That's peace. (laughs) Peace. And of course it says in, in the Old Testament there's no peace to the wicked. That is everything that peace is exited When sin came in, there can be no peace where mankind is in a state of rebellion to God. But when we come to the kingdom of God, when we come to what these angels in the fields of Bethlehem were talking about, the kingdom of God, this this babe who shall become Jesus Christ the Lord, he brings in the kingdom of God, which is here and now, in the Holy Spirit and that peace is now actually delivered into you and I that's the miracle of the gospel the peace of God is actually placed inside believers and so Jesus said um, let not your heart be troubled no, no don't let it be afraid Um, you believe in God, believe also in me. And then later on in the same conversation, he says, I give you my peace, not as the world gives peace. Let not your heart be troubled. That is, it's not simply that events are okay. It means that in your heart, regardless of events, you are living in this harmony and this, this peace. It's the mark of the kingdom of God. It's amazing how so much of the Western Church has forgotten entirely the marks, the the markers, should I say, that tells me I've arrived among the people of God, you know. By this they shall know you are my disciples, that you have divine love one for another. That's, a, that's the marker. But then there's this, you see. If you come among the people of God, it's not a place of anxiety, or fear, or separation, or selfishness, or small-mindedness. It's it's peace. It's the mark of the kingdom. Says Romans 14, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And describing the life of a believer, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace. So, hello, believer. This is who you are. You are. And hear me carefully, you are the persons that the angels spoke of. You are one of these children of Adam, who through this babe, born in Bethlehem, you, you have come into this realm that is characterized, the, the very atmosphere of it, the oxygen of it, is the same peace that is in the Holy Trinity is now being delivered to you through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's who you are. And, and, and so, if, if that be the case, then I've got to learn how to respond to that gift, to respond to the peace that I might live there, for it does not happen by default. It isn't that God slapped you around the face with peace and said, here it is. It is peace has come, and that peace is in a relationship to Jesus. But that is, I don't have to get there somehow, but I do know have to know how to respond and to live from that peace, and to cause that peace to expand within me through the Holy Spirit. And so, hold in mind everything I just said. I want to read one of the greatest prophecies of the Old Testament concerning this peace that comes to us through Jesus. Only this, of course, was written 700 years before Jesus was born. But it says... In Isaiah 26.3, you, the prophet is speaking of the Lord. He says, you will keep in perfect peace the person whose mind is stayed on you. That word, perfect peace, is, is the best, I suppose, that the English translators could do with the old testament attempt to speak of this peace which is uniquely God peace. And, and um so they say perfect peace. The original Hebrew here says you will keep in peace, peace. Double it says it, you, you will keep him in shalom, shalom and, and the two together mean Not just peace, but peace on top of peace. It it, it means an abundance of shalom. You will keep him in perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. The divine peace whose mind is stayed on you. Um, it, It describes what I've just been talking about persons living inside the Holy Trinity. Yeah, is this sort of strange to you? Uh, this is Christianity 101. See, that, that's why I get very upset with people who, who talk about being a Christian as simply having got some sort of eternal life insurance. That, that it's just you, you signed on the dotted line, you said the right words, and now you're okay. For, oh, that is so disgusting. This is the goodest news, the most incredible news a human being has ever uttered or heard. That you, through this one Jesus Christ the Lord, you are included into the very life of God. That you might be a participant in the peace that existed only inside the Holy Trinity. That you would live inside of God. That is your normal habitat. That you would know union with him, relational union with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in your life it would be described, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Please understand that all these scriptures that I have been reading, on this one in particular, would you hear this? They are not prescriptions. You're not going to take this to some religious pharmacy as a prescription that, oh dear, this is what I need. This is what I need. Tell me what I'm going to do. How much is this? No, it's not a prescription. It doesn't even read like it. It says, you will. Keep. This is a description. Do you get it? It's a, It describes you. It describes the believer, one of the people. It describes him. It's not a prescription to get it. It announces you have it. Though it, of course, is really the person, the babe in the manger that became the man on the cross, became the man walking out of the tomb in the power of an endless life, became the man at the right hand of the Father, Yes. He guards and keeps your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Then you have the peace of God that passes all human understanding. And what we need, I say again, how do we connect with that? That's why I went back to Isaiah, because he speaks about Again, not as a prescription, but he's describing a person who is in the process of living from that peace. What does he say? Whose mind is stayed on you. What a statement. Whose mind. Now, that word mind in. If, if I translate literally what the Hebrew word is there, would be in our language, imagination. Now this this gets fascinating. You will keep him in peace, peace, perfect, God peace, whose imagination is stayed upon you. The word you see there used, it, it would be, the forming place or creating place the making place it, it means where the prototypes and the patterns of the future are now made does that make sense? just hold it a minute So he's talking about uh, the, the best word we have in English is imagination it's, it's that place within you where you form and you create and blueprint and pattern is made of that which is not yet, but it is already in your imagination. And so the word, and it would make sense, um, is also the idea of squeezing and shaping and making as you would squeeze... Wet cement into some sculptor, as you would chisel away at the rock to shape something, and as you would stitch and make uh, a suit or a dress. The word is also connected with the ideas of conception and womb and birth, because that the part of your mind, the part shall I say of your really your heart, that we're talking about is where. That which is, is seen clearly, and and being seen is actually fashioning and making the future. So it is not yet in a touchable reality, but it is. It is, and shall undoubtedly be. So it is used in Scripture of a potter, You know, he takes the clay and he squeezes it and he makes a pot. It's used of a carpenter who takes the wood and planes it and nails it and shapes it and creates something. But in both of those cases, well, I could go on, it's used of the tailor who makes the clothes, taking the cloth and fashioning them and cutting them and making it. It talks of the writer, the poet, who takes words and puts them together. But in all of those cases, you you have, before their fingers touch the material, in their mind, it's a done deal. They already see it. They already know it. To them, it's a reality, and they're just now, well, we put it into practice, but, but the, the whole wonder of this thing already happened inside their imagination. So this word means where, where something that is real, but it is not yet visible. It is actually being fashioned into manifestation. Do you get it? This same word is used in Genesis, in chapter 2, where it, God took the dust of the earth, and he made. That's the word used there, but it's this word. Uh, He he made it. You you sprang out of the imagination of the triune God. He he took the dust and he fashioned. He didn't draw a line and say, let's see where this is going, you know. Uh, We'll stick a leg here. Does that look any... No. You, You came forth from the blueprint of the mind of God. When there was nothing to be seen and when everything was not yet visible, God said, let it be, and began to fashion you according to the blueprint. That's who you are. That's, that's how it all works. And so the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It, your whole person, in terms of what you are and shall be, all your behavior begins in that invisible construction center at the heart of you. And and, and that's where the action is. And tragically, the, the church, uh, that is most of the places where you and I have been raised, have left this and have concentrated on things you do and things you say. And we should start much further back than that because many times we, we say with our lips and our mind, I'm not going to do that anymore. And your imagination says, oh yeah, <laughs> that that's how we see that blueprint is already there and we're going to live according to the blueprint. So you see, um, imagination, that the symbols and the pictures of imagination they are the language of the heart. Please understand me. You've got a mind and you've got a heart. When you are thinking, mentally, intellectually, you actually feel it sorted of here. And when it's a matter of a heart, it is actually around here. And there is much excellent science today that locates a mind. That is in your heart. You've got two minds. There's the mind of the heart, and the mind of the heart is stronger than the mind of your brain. Uh, And and that's what the Bible speaks up again and again. It's this, the heart, and and imagination is the language of the heart where, shall I say, blueprints and seeing what is not yet, but committed to it where that takes place the mind works out how shall we do that and and so the mind is a place of labor and sweat that's where brick on top of brick because that's what the blueprint says but when i come to the heart i'm dealing with pictures it's sort of the architect's office and in the architect's office, we have a drawing of the completed thing. It's done. It's finished. And the blueprints are sent now and said, this is the way it is and this is the way it's going to be and now let's do it. Become it. Don't you understand? This is the language of God's grace. Do you get it? God speaks what? He speaks the completed work. He calls you a child of God. He calls you completing Christ calls you as one who is the image of God in Christ and, and you know that and the spirit witnesses with your spirit not with your brain but with your spirit you're a child of God and out of your heart Abba Abba Father and now you you're not trying to become someone you are becoming who you are do you get it? that that's the way it is it's, it's the language of the Holy Spirit, who speaks with revelation, that is, he doesn't give you. It's not going to those awful, boring lectures of line upon line and word upon word, and you're learning and you're learning, and when you get to the end, they give you some silly exam, and then they say, you've got to No, no, the Holy Spirit comes, you know, and and it's more intuitive. It is, he gives you the finished product. He says, this is the way it is, and you know that that's the way it is. It's revelation. You can't learn God with your brain. You come to know him with your heart, and then your brain catches up six months later. Is this shocking you? See, without knowing that language of the heart, which is in pictures and symbols most of the time, then, uh, well, I, huh, I'm caught about by every wind because all I've got is something in my brain, and and, and when, when my brain faces a crisis, suddenly everything I said mentally that I believe that I believe that, uh, and then you face a crisis and you paralyze. What did you believe it? No. You see, people say, i got it in my head, I've got to get it into my heart. You're backwards. You get it in your heart, and then, and yes, many times much later, your brain catches up. But you get it in your heart, and our Western peoples are not heart people. They're a bunch of brain heads. That's why we're so dead, we're we're, we're so unable to, to make this book work, because we're talking a different language. You see, this imagination, this mind of symbol and pictures, is the is the language of faith. Come on, what does it say of faith? It, it, it's knowing what you haven't yet seen. It's holding what you haven't yet got a hold of. It is what is it in Hebrews 11? It is seeing the invisible. You know that. Then where where does that happen? It doesn't happen here. It happens in your heart Um, faith is described with god himself as the god who speaks of things that are not as if they exist that that's it that's how many times have you prayed with the language of your mind what does your mind say oh god help me My mind looks around and my mind is fed by five senses and they say, you don't have enough for this. Oh God, I don't have enough. Do something. Help me. Hmm. Help. And then when we we think we're getting somewhere, we say, well, how are you going to do this? I've got an idea. You should do it like this. No. That's the language of mind. You see, the imagination of many believers is starved. And so the imagination becomes instructed by the mind, which is like your two-year-old trying to run the household. And that's why we're paralyzed with life, because we have no blueprint within our heart imagination that is directing our pathway. (laughs) Have you known? Well, maybe not. But having traveled around the countries of the world, I have noticed that if you don't speak the language and you're trying to make yourself understood using your language to people who don't understand it, you tend to shout. Have you ever been around that? It's funny, really, uh, yeah, though I've done it myself. You 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 start shouting at the person, but of course they didn't understand your English whisper, let alone your English shout. But we, we think of a, well, that's it, you see. Have you noticed people who scream and shout when they pray? They're they're screaming, and the the less faith they have, the more they scream because they're not speaking the language of the heart. The language of the heart looks right into the heart of God and speaks His language of peace, completion, of no need, of always enough. How many people read the promises of God with their mind while their imagination is somewhere else, you know? Have you ever read the promises with your imagination? It takes a bit longer than this stuff of reading the Bible through in a year because you you come and, and here it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That might take you a week to to drop into the mode of you and the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit just settling that into you. What does that look like? You see, all these things shall be added to you. What does that look like? Don't go running off. What? What is? Can Can I touch that down there? Can I feel that? Is there a blueprint of my life? Where all these things are added to me—is there? I, 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 do I see a picture there of of a life where I never am anxious and I never feel that I don't have enough, that I'm always aware of the vastness of God's enough that backs me up? Do you see what I mean? Not not, living, not not just reading words, not memorizing and just... No, this is beyond that. It is seeing. Seeing. It, it And you've now got an architect's drawing. Now, oh yeah, there'll they'll be all the... I've got to clear the land, I've got to do this. But I'm doing all of that because I've already got the blueprint. I've already seen the finished product. In fact, I have it. I can feel it. We're just mopping up now and making it happen. Do you you get that? The real construction took place down there with the eyes of your heart. That Paul is always praying that they'd be opened so you can see, not with these eyes, not with this brain, but see the exceeding riches of his grace, which are you in Christ Jesus, that you might see the exceeding greatness of his power. Raise Christ from the dead. It's, see, this is the realm of is. It is so. There's no sweat to get there. This is so the Holy Spirit in me, and me in the Holy Spirit, the blueprint is so. So the rest, you see, that's the piece. Huh? It's rest. It's a sense of completion. It's a sense of, dear God, you did it. I have it. it it's real. It's real. The, the, this is so real, because I, I, I can hear you. Some people say, well, the imagination, is, oh, that's nothing. look, Every problem you have, my friend, is in your imagination. You, you get anxious, you worry. That's 100% imagination that's been hijacked by the devil. You see? What, what, why did the flood come? It says because the imagination of the hearts of men was only evil continually. It, it, it's imagination that, that has been neglected but and, and I say being hijacked by the devil but and what happened you say it's nothing your imagination it's just your imagination well isn't it amazing what imagination does what is in your imagination this blueprint can uh, actually made even if it's a hijack of the devil maybe in, let me convince you of this by using that in your imagination, you see, you see your life as abandoned by God, rejected by God, God walking out on His promises, and you left alone in the midst of gigantic monsters of life. You you see that. I don't know the symbols that happen in your brain, um, but you see it. it. It's it's like like flashes of a movie on the screen of your mind, and, and it's 3D because you're right in the middle of it and you're feeling it and hearing it, and it's all happening down here. You say, well, it's only imagination. Isn't it amazing that only imagination causes sweating to take... You can break it a cold sweat because of those, what's happening inside in your imagination. Your heart starts racing and beating you feel sick to your stomach. You could throw up. Your blood pressure shoots sky high. The shape of your face changes. Your body bends over. Hmm. Only imagination? Your imagination is where all behavior begins. Your imagination is the place that Satan hijacked and still has the ability to flash his images on that part of you. And so an imagination that is stayed upon God, an imagination linked to God, produces the joy of the Lord, produces a life of rest and relief that puts a dance in your spirit and in your feet and... Even your hands get involved and your mouth is filled with laughter, says the scripture, and the tears of joy roll down your cheeks. Because you have seen with inside eyes, the eyes of your heart, this incredible God. And you've seen into him and you begin to think with him and have your blueprint as his and his as yours. Okay. Okay. I know what you're saying. There there are, I think, this is not official, but I think there's about three areas of imagination. There's the kind I call daydreaming, and I'll just dismiss that. That's not, of course, what we're talking about. Then there is the creative imagination which human beings have. It's it's part of the image of God in man that, that mankind can see what isn't, and then move toward making it. When I was a little chap, back in the early 1950s, um, we we had comic books that came from the U.S. uh, And um, there, there was a fellow in the comic books... Dick Tracy, I think was his name. But he had a watch that he could talk to. And what oh, amazing things this watch could do, sort of transport through time and space. And we all thought that was a fairy story. Well, my wife has one, one today. You know, it's amazing. Um, that somebody, as far back as the 1940s, 1950s, saw... Well, they had no idea how it could ever happen, but they saw it, and it became science fiction, comic, but it wasn't based on nothing. Somebody saw that, and over the decades, connection was made, and it is so. But there's a sense in saying it has been so since all that time ago. Yes, humankinds are incredible people. You can't not believe in God to look at a human creativity, seeing the finished product before you ever know how you could get there. But what I'm talking about is what he's found throughout the Scripture. God talks the language of imagination. Don't you realize that? Why is it that Psalm 23 is so many people's favorite topic? I mean, if if you meet anybody on the street, most of them will at least be aware of Psalm 23. Everybody reads it at bad times. Why, sir? That Psalm, have you ever noticed it's 100% imagination? Think, David wrote that under extreme pressure, out in the middle of a barren wilderness. And he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. You didn't blink when I said that, did you? But that the Lord is my shepherd, God is a shepherd, which ranch is he attached to? You know, no, the Lord is my shepherd is appealing to a symbol of a caring person, caring to the nth degree that somehow rings a bell inside of us. And that one image of a shepherd it says more than a whole book could put together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will never, therefore, have any need. But then makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, which is full. I mean, that is 100% symbol and pictures. I, I mean... It, God, if he is going to minister his life and love to you, he doesn't take you out into a pasture, does he? You know that. But everything that is evoked by that. And the Hebrew language is a lot stronger. We didn't translate it strong enough. It is that he makes me lie down in lush green meadows and leads me beside the waters of stillness. That's one picture Right? It's not a it's not a treatise written in theological gobbledygook. It is a picture that somehow relates. Yes. And then he he gives me a feast in the presence of my enemies. You know. Bring in the oil and the wine. It's all pictures. If I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, oh, I can feel that man. More than any words put together. There it is. I I can feel it as I read it. The valley of the shadow of death. And my imagination is, is, I've got a picture of that. I will fear no evil. You are with me. i got it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I think that's Picture language. We talked the other day about you are a shield to me. And remember, that means a shield all around you, which I've not actually ever seen. But, yeah, that's it. Not even seen. How But imagine, I've learned to live there using the same symbol picture as God does. That he's around me, he's under me, he's over me. You are my glory, radiant light filling my life. And the lifter of my head, that's all symbol that your brain is saying, get on with it, get on with it. But my heart says, yes, yes, yes. And my anyway, go, well. Do do I have to go on? Yes, the Lord is my refuge. That means God is a hiding place. That You can be in the middle of enemy attack and you are invisible inside of God. Try and put that into words. But refuge, hiding place. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my sword. The Lord is my shield. The Lord is my strength. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved images pictures on top of images i am the door do you really think he is no of course not you know what he means but that does, that you get that a lot more than if i tried to explain it with mere academic words i am the way i am the path this is my body this is my blood and on, and on, and on, may be the major one. Behold the Lamb of God. Does everybody look around to see a flock of jolly sheep? No. The Lamb of God. That, that massive, over the whole of the New Testament, Echo throughout the whole of the Old Testament. Jesus is the Lamb of God. And wow, just that one sentence. Lamb of God a million words and yet we get it in a moment that's the language of God so and it says behold your God behold it means look 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 where, where, where do you look the person get, gets out their Bible I'm going to memorize the scripture more someone said to me the other day does that mean I've got to fast more and pray more and read more and listen to more CDs oh for goodness sake get out of your brain It all begins here. Behold your God. See Him who is love. See Him who is your light. See Him who is your life. And discover the joy and the peace of a living now relationship with Him. Look, he speaks of knowing, which is a word of the heart. It's a word of the imagination. It's the same word that's describing a marriage union. Knowing the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, which is the word for your brain. Yeah, Don't don't try and understand God's love with logic and rationale. It's not reasonable that God loves you. But it is the final truth behind everything. Love of Christ passes knowledge. And then we've already quoted from Philippians 4. He says that as we share our lives with, with, with this one, he says, he will give us the peace of God which passes human comprehension. Oh, what about the one I'm always quoting? Eye has not seen, ears have not heard. It's never entered into the mind of man. The things that God has done and prepared for those who love him well then what on earth, where do I turn for this? It's not what I see, it's not what I hear, it's not what my mind can grasp. And the next sentence is, but God has revealed this to us by his Spirit. He says that this is not to be found here, it's to be found by a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I could keep going. Um, It's an act of the Holy Spirit but we actively, intentionally participate in. I'm not going, do you you have the expression here in the States? I'm sure those of you listening in England, um, you know this. I mean, we we read the scriptures sometimes like a clod, you know. Is there any life behind your eyes? We, We just read it. Uh, I I listen to people read the scripture in, in a survey sometimes, and I say, does anybody believe this with your heart? Because if you believe this, then your entire life, attitude to life, would be totally forever changed. Look, they said, the angels said, this divine peace has come to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and isaiah twenty six said that he would keep us in peace, peace, this perfect peace that comes in Jesus. He would keep us there, keep us that's where we would live as our imagination is stayed upon him and all I can say this this week is start recognizing the area. Where you're going to begin to live. It isn't that you learn a lot of theology and pass some exam and then you're here, you say. I had one fellow write to me a little while ago, he was challenging something I said, and he gave me the list of his theological degrees, poor fellow, Uh, and um, I I I did not respond. Giving him a list of my degrees—how utterly insane that would be! Because this is not brain to brain. We, we've got to learn a new language. We've got to learn to live in our heart, not in our five senses and brain. We've got to learn where the Holy Spirit is is speaking. Because my brain can't hold it; it, it won't work with all those intellectual, academic words. So the Holy Spirit gives me a picture and he says, uh, God the lover, God the shepherd, God the one who cares. He speaks of the embrace of God. Uh, Zephaniah 3.17 says that uh, the Lord your God in the midst of you, this mighty one, he rejoices over you with singing. It talks about a baby being crooned over by loving mother. Uh, now that's it. Now I'm getting it. Now I'm seeing. Holy Spirit, I offer you my imagination that you might feed my imagination, that I might be taught of you how to speak the language you speak. Well, I thought I was going to deal with this whole thing, but uh, obviously not. And so... The next time we're together, I'm going to finish, <laughs> at least do another hour together on this. And um, I'm sorry if I'm leaving you in the middle of something, but maybe that's what is needed that you let this thing, this realization uh, of focus, you've been focused on your brain, focus, you focused on your behavior instead of where does it come from, you know. I've told you the story before, didn't I? Where we had our dog food on the porch here in Bandera where there's a lot of creatures. And as we were sitting there, there came on our porch the most beautiful skunk I've ever seen. Probably because I've never seen one so close. And it came. It actually walked over my feet and got to the dog food and without any embarrassment, began to eat it. And we sat frozen until it left. Um, Well, how do I keep skunks off my porch? Not by putting up signs, no skunk here. Not by saying, I refuse skunks, I refuse skunks, I refuse... No, uh, move the dog food, you know. It's the same thing with flies in the kitchen, get rid of the garbage. Same thing with mice get rid of dropped food you see what I, we, 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 You don't deal with behaviors you deal with the reason why when I can see God's blueprint that I am included into Christ that I am one with his death And I rose out of the tomb with him and I am now seated with him in the heavens and the Holy Spirit of Christ fills me too. I am one with him. That's the blueprint. Therein is peace that passes all human comprehension. And out of that comes a whole new kind of behavior. But that is really the next time. Because what does it mean? Whose mind is stayed upon you. But that's another story. The next time. Now the God who is love unlimited. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. May he bless you. May he open your inner eyes and flood you with divine light that you might heart see the unspeakable glory of this grace that you have by his intention fallen into that you might learn to walk in the peace of God that passes your brain's power to comprehend it. So I bless you. That's the way it is.